Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Kelly Kirsch, Peter Klein, Logan Gordon, and a busy show. 60 minutes on ice right here on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Ahead of next week's NHL uh, draft, which goes Tuesday and Wednesday. And, of course, Friday is the start of free agency. So this time next week, who knows what we're going to be talking about. Uh, Eric Francis Friday's coming up before uh, 1 o'clock and the big show. But first, let's talk to Lou. Flames insider Peter Lubardius brought to you by the Gemini Group. Imagine your life, your style, your home renovation should be a reflection of you. Give your home the Gemini difference. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. Lou, we got all wound up yesterday and kind of got off uh, off track, so I wanted <laughs> to kind of bring some of the stuff that we were uh, teasing and talking about. And you sure. wanted to have a quick uh, chat about Yusuf Valimaki. Well, Yusuf Alamaki, Kelly, a couple of days ago, I had chatted with his agent who informed me that he was going to play in his first game uh, since April 19th, and that game is underway right now. It is Elvis, his hometown, and where he grew up playing, so Yusuf is in the lineup. That game is underway right now. His team is leading Two to nothing. The opponent is, and I'll just spell it because I'll mess it up. It's SAIPA or SAIPA, S-A-I-P-A, and Yuso's team has a two nothing lead early in the first period. He has not figured in into the scoring, but I, I just I think it's a great scenario for him. Brad Treleving was just asked about players in their system having an opportunity to play. And we don't see that with many NHL-ready players, which I think Brad said, and we all believe that that's the case for you. So, But the fact is, um, this is a great opportunity for him because he hasn't played since April the 19th of 2019. So that's a long, long time. So he's back at home. He has his trainers. He has great living arrangements. It's exciting for him and Yuso Valimaki on the ice right now, in fact, as we speak for the first time in 16, 17 months. As it turns out, that is absolutely the spot, the perfect scenario for him. I mean, that's just exactly under the circumstances he needs to play. So get in there. No, absolutely. And, and that's, we saw great things, at least many of us did back in July when he participated in camp and, you know, we spent a couple of shows in part talking about would there ever be a scenario where he entered into the equation and it did not work that way and it became evident, Kelly, as the camp went on that this is what he needs. He has great skill, great poise, everything I think that you would want in certainly a top four, if not, I, I think he's destined at one point for a top pairing assignment with the Calgary Flames. I really feel that way, not to mention leadership ability and the kind of young person he is, but he does. He needs to play. So uh, I think I wanted to start there because it's great news and it was great to get some confirmation the other day from his agent, Dave Cowan, that, that he was going to play today. So I looked it up and he indeed is in their lineup already this afternoon all right so that's the uh, story on Yusuf Valimaki as we uh, continuing things along here on Hockey Central at noon and of course the Flames GM Bradshaw Living is going to be very very busy he's uh always good with the media and giving us time we're going to uh, uh Logan I assume that we'll have that later on in the big show his uh his uh chat with the uh with the media is that yeah correct okay. we'll have it a little bit later on in the two o'clock hour just uh 
He just finished up about 10, 15 minutes ago, so we're getting in a system. We'll have it ready for later on this afternoon. So, Lou, uh, the GM is going to be busy and has been very busy. Uh, interesting to see how he pre- perceives the uh, the trade market and the draft market. This is going to be incredibly important for the next uh, season, two seasons, maybe three seasons for the Calgary Flames. Well, well, it is, and there's lots to think about. And when he was asked today, I was on the call for the last hour just before the start of the hit, and when he was asked about, let's begin, Kelly, with the trade market, and he referred to the trade market as right now being very cautious. And he quickly pointed to the fact that, um, you know, teams have needs and situations, but as we have speculated on in the last couple of weeks, guess why there's some trepidation? Money. And what you really need in this situation is flexibility. The problem is it doesn't look like the cap is changing. The other thing to consider is also even from a drafting and developing standpoint, Mr. Kirsch, that guess what? Does that change things? Because you don't necessarily have places for all your people to play yet because of COVID and the situation. So there's a lot there, but he described the trade market as very tentative. There's going to be a lot of business done, as you know, between the draft and a couple of days later. And reading through the tea leaves, do not be surprised if the trade market actually heats up after free agency, potentially, rather than before. Okay. No, we're okay with that. We can spread out the information. Yes. Yes. I knew knew that would be just just fine for you and everybody else. Now, whether it goes that way, I don't know, because... Kelly, we've been around a long time, and when you've been around a long time, you also understand with all these trades and scenarios, what does it always take? It takes a domino to fall to start the process and set the market. Oh, it does. Like, oh, Colorado got this guy, so now we have to go get this guy. Right. That's always uh, the situation. It does. But this one, like I said, is I think a little more unique not just because really the the timing is the same. It's just at a different time of year, you know, in terms of it's hard to wrap. It seems so much busier. And Brad was asked that question too, you know, because it's two days later, but the fact of the matter is, as he called it, and he used the words mechanics, it's still the same, you know, you'd still in an off season be prepared for dealing with your UFAs. You're still getting ready for the draft. In a very short time every year after the draft, what happens? We get to July 1st and the start of free agency. So um, it's, it's as much about it probably seems busier and more imminent because all of a sudden we're right up against it. But as the general manager talked about, the mechanics and the preparation is pretty much the same because the order of events is still the same. Peter Labardius is our guest here on Hockey Central at noon. Next week is going to be awesome. We'll be all over it. We're also joined today by Peter Klein. 
Um, a, a lot of focus now, uh, like you guys have been talking about, the offseason, the draft. Um, I wonder how different the draft is going to be as we have to deal with a, a different scenario. But, um, Lou, the draft has been a place where the Flames have done very well, whether it be trades or whether it be with their selections. Um, I guess just the, the philosophy around the draft for the Flames now that we've had a few extra months to, to game plan for this thing. Well, I think there's a couple of things, and I asked Brad one specific question, and I was really curious about it. So, Peter, if you go back in the timeline, remember, gents, it looked at one point like the draft was going to be held in June, remember? And then it got Mm -hmm. switched and got switched. So um, what I asked Brad about was in terms of in drafts to lay it out for our listeners, every year – You know, especially in the first round, there are groupings of players. So with the extra time, I wanted to know if, you know, potentially the Flames, knowing that they were picking 19, you know, with the extra time, chances to visit more and, you know, albeit on Zoom with the kids, had things changed? And and Brad said, no, didn't necessarily change. But think about it this way, too, Peter. If, if you're a player who, let's say, the Flames might take from the Quebec League, well, they're starting their season this weekend. If you're, if you're high on a player in Europe, well, in certain cases, they're back underway. So what I'm fascinated by as much as anything is you have extra time where maybe you don't have any more extra viewings in certain cases, but what really helps players develop? Well, you know what they've had more time to do in in a sense, train and, and depending, and these teams do incredibly hard work. Well, sometimes even in a zoom call, you could see the difference potentially just, you know, at looking at someone on zoom in terms of, their body type might be different even between what you saw in June when you were getting ready or April and May, as opposed to maybe you just did another interview with one of the kids in your groupings in the last two weeks, you know, and and the work that the kids do in preparation, albeit not necessarily in games. Well, there's other ways to evaluate people in terms of their work and their preparation. And, you know, I'm a big believer in, you know, when the good work gets done, that says a lot to you too, about potentially a player that you're going to select and invest in. This is going to be perfect. We're going to do the mailbox or uh, yeah, lose mailbag right now because it's a perfect tie-in. Lose mailbag brought to you by Roos Chris Steakhouse. Make Roos part of your game day celebration. Catch all the action in their lounge or book a private room. With amazing food and a great atmosphere, it's the best place to watch a game in style. Lou, Harry Gable is very timely. He's got a $100 gift card to mm-hmm. Roos Chris Steakhouse. He's going to enjoy lunch or dinner there. His question is, is perfect as we get ready for the uh, NHL draft coming up next week. With the 19th pick in the first round of the NHL draft, what are your thoughts about who we may pick if we don't trade it? And what position do you think we should be targeting? I kind of know where you're going with this, and i got a few players I want to ask you about real quick. But uh, it's also a tease for a certain program we've got coming up at 6 o'clock tonight as well. So, uh, Lou. Is it the mock draft yes, by any chance? Yes, it is. Okay. 
I've, I wouldn't say I've changed my thought process after going through the mock draft and even after listening to Brad, but here's how I'm going to lay it out, and thanks for the great question. Kelly, if, if defense is in need for the Flames, and I think it is in part, it's been a while since they've drafted one, but I've also mentioned, and Brad Treleving on the call also reaffirmed, that don't forget, you know, free agency-wise, they've added Connor Mackey and Colton Kuhlman. So it doesn't necessarily matter how you add to your depth and strength. It's whether you've done it. So, you know, maybe there's not quite as much um, necessity in that area as you would think. But then I go this way. To me, there's four defensemen that I think the Flames would be incredibly interested in, and that's Jamie Drysdale, Jake Sanderson, who has all kinds of Calgary ties, Caden Gooley of the Prince Albert Raiders, and Braden Schneider. Now, here's how I feel. If you can't find a way to get one of those four guys and two are more likely that might drop to you in Gooley and Schneider, the other two, no chance unless you make some kind of, you know, massive deal that gets you in the top seven or eight of the draft because that's where I think those two guys, I don't see those two top guys falling any lower than maybe 10, maybe. Yeah, and I don't think there's, 19. They're, they're never going to be there. And I think there's some real question whether even a Schneider or a Ghoulie would be there at 19. So that might be my preference. So if I'm the Flames because there is an excellent group of forwards this year. In fact, I don't see a huge difference between a player that you might have on your board at 20 and a player you might have on your board at 40. So unless you're willing to take a real reach or you're really in love with someone um, like Justin Barron, who really impressed me, right-handed, great skating defenseman, out of Halifax, but he's, he's had lots and lots of injury troubles. Um, I, I, could I see the Flames reaching for him in particular at 19? Maybe. But Brad talked today about, um, you know, their philosophy is really, they've identified what he said is basically a grouping of players between 12 and 20. And that makes a lot of sense for me in my preparation, you know, I've been thinking somewhere along 13 to 25. Uh, So I could see the flames doing a couple of things. The more I think about it, if, if those guys don't fall for you, because there's a lot of like good quality forwards in particular, and, and some other options on defense, if you can, Kelly, I could see the flames trading down and adding an asset. I really could. Okay. Um, I absolutely could see, but I could see that for a number of different teams because this draft very much, like I said, uh, I love this draft at right throughout the first round, but there's, there's some tears and, and the tears for me, like you're going to get a really good player. I think depending on if there's any surprises between like one and 12 or one and 13, and then after wow. that, to me, there's there's a couple of different tiers. But I really like the top, you know, 40 or 45 in this particular draft in terms of 
drafting someone who I'm not talking about playing right away, but I'm talking about getting someone who's going to play in the league. That's so interesting. I, I wrote down four, four guys I wanted to ask you about, and you talked about three of them. Um, so that's, uh, you know, you, you, you talked about Baron, you talked about Gooley and you talked about Schneider. Uh, I heard you and Maddie on, on our, uh, our profiles and you hear them all, all the time on the station talking about this Poirier kid from St. John, a bit of a risk reward kind of guy. I just, I, I'm interested in, in your thoughts on him because he's, um, he's making people scratch their heads. Yeah. And you know, who's scratching his head right now? Me. Yeah. Uh, yes. Do What's I the story on him? The story is this, and I would put him in. Do, do the names Ryan Merkley or Ryan Murphy? Do that, does that ring a bell for you at all? And and uh, those are two guys who played in the Ontario League. Uh, Merkley recently a first round pick of San Jose, and Poirier to me is another guy who scored twenty goals in St. John. You know. He is an ultra-impressive, make-plays defenseman. Here's the problem that I've seen, whether it was at the Halenka or in other games that I've witnessed. His offensive skills blow you away. His will and want to defend anyone, he, he just for me, in my viewings, has not looked anywhere near interested enough. Now, does he have some outstanding offensive gifts? He does. But even in people I've talked to, scouts, a GM, um, a couple of coaches, they seem very wary unless this young man is willing to kind of go about his business different. So mm. if, you're, if you're a player, if you're a team, Kelly, with multiple picks, multiple picks he would be someone probably later in the first round especially if that's a need that you have that would take a flyer and you know what i'm glad you brought it up i mean for all i know uh you know maybe the flames are a team that just go listen this guy's got so much offensive upside we can live with the rest of it but we just, we can't pass. So could I see him potentially being, he's going to be available there, I think. It's it's a question of, there's risk to be taken there. Oh you God. might hit a home run. Oh boy, okay. Yeah. You might hit a home run, yeah. but you also might have somebody who's in the independent league unless they're willing to, to do different. And so he's, honestly, I'm glad you went there. He is the most polarizing prospect for me, period, in this draft. Yeah. I, Number one. Mm, one. You don't, uh, yeah. If you got one, yeah, no. <laughs> if you, if and you I don't, and I don't even it, know if it's a no, because I remember watching him, you know, at the, at the Canadian camp last year, getting ready for the Holenka, and I watched two shifts, and I'm like, whoa, that guy's getting a check mark. Okay. Uh, but you know, the more I've watched, I just, I wish I saw a little bit more attention to detail, but again, you can't teach some of the offensive things that he has either. And he's, he's, he's still a St. John. Is that, 
Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. Um, all right. So there is uh, Harry Gable's question. Congratulations. You win a $100 gift card to go have dinner or lunch, and you're going to love it at Ruth Chris Steakhouse. Yum. Very easy to uh, enter this contest on Fridays. We do it. Just go to our website, sportsnet.ca slash 960. Go to contest, put in your question, and who knows, we could be uh, reading out your question, and you could be winning just like that with Sportsnet 960. That's the mailbag. Lou's Mailbag, brought to you by Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Make your summer sizzle. Enjoy Ruth's primetime menu and dine on two courses for $49. Add an additional course or glass of house wine for $10. I guess we have to change that because summer's over. But, uh, okay, we'll work on that. That's another thing I can work on. Uh, the, uh... We can pretend we all like summer. <laughs> In, in the prairies, we don't get enough of it. So let's, go. let's just it's, go with it for a okay. while. Uh, Baseball's still happening. That's a summer sport. That's so true. We're fine. You're right. That's um, a good point. Before we uh, throw it to uh, for PK to wrap things up with, with Lou, mm-hmm. can you give us a little bit of uh, 30 seconds on why we should listen to the mock draft? I've heard it. You guys are so passionate about it. It uh, will air at different times this weekend, its first airing is tonight at 6 o'clock and then tomorrow afternoon at 1 o'clock. But you and Sam Cosentino, too bad you guys hate each other, so we have to kind of work on that. We have in separate rooms. But after we get over that, uh, there's a little passion there about junior hockey. Uh, you know what? It's it's one of my favorite things to do of the year. Uh, Sammy's one of my favorite people. He, he does an incredible job as the analyst and all the work he's done for the draft and I'm so proud of him. And, you know, Boomer's an incredible driver. Uh, we have a great time. I think the information is terrific. I I'd like to think you're going to be entertained. We have some fun. We, we poke at one another. Uh, I don't know if anybody else enjoys it a lot, but, but I know I'd feel lost if I didn't get to do it every year because I enjoy the daylights out of it. There you go. That is tonight at 6 o'clock, the Mock Draft with Sam Cosentino, Peter Labardius, and our host, Boomer, on Boomer's Mock Draft. It is Peter Labardius and Peter Klein. Uh, well, we, we kind of teased it yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. the, the talk about uh, a certain player in, a, speaking of the Prairies, uh, a Western Canadian market that maybe has a, a bit of your attention. So I want to give you the floor for, uh, for that one as well today. Okay, it's, and I need your help. So I'm okay. glad I'm glad you're bringing this to me. You you like the Toronto Raptors? That's fair, I right? Do. Yes. Right. Yeah, that's an accurate assessment. So so Patrick Line uh, entering a very difficult scenario for the Winnipeg Jets in terms of what do you do? Do you move on? Um, do you pay him a big ticket, or do you go in a different direction? So here's what I've been thinking about: somewhat Toronto Raptor like. The dynamic duo for the Raptors was Kyle, Ra- Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. And in one of the most courageous moves, I think, and culture-moving moves that Masai made was to split those two guys up. And, and there's no way that could have been easy. And I think it, A, helped the Raptors win a championship, and I think it's changed their culture but it required a lot. So I see in Winnipeg a similar dynamic duo between Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler, understanding that, you know, Wheeler is getting to his mid-30s. Line A is 21 years old. Line A would like a bigger role. 
Um, he's much younger. Both Shifley and Wheeler are tied at the hip. It would not, Mr. Klein, be a very popular move for either one of those two guys. But I wonder if you are Kevin Sheveldayoff, and I haven't heard or written or, you know, read any of this. Is this a similar situation for the Winnipeg Jets? Where everybody's talking about moving on from line A, but might you move on from Blake Wheeler instead? Yeah, I hadn't. I hadn't really thought of that. Didn't see that one coming, did you? No, no, I did not. I and I was, I was kind of going through a few scenarios, like okay, line A here, line A there. Um, I, I hadn't put a, a lot of brain power into to Blake Wheeler, but when you think about it, uh, a lot of teams right now looking for guys with that leadership experience and, and guys who have done it before. And Blake Wheeler, the the age might scare some people, but still playing at a pretty high level, I think that's something you can get uh, a pretty good return for. That that would be that, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought of that yet. See, and the other one, and I don't want to completely spoil, Kelly, the mock draft, but let's just say I called a timeout for Anaheim at pick number six. Really? Yes, and the reason I did, and we had a lot of fun with it, was because if indeed line A is on the move, and, and that's probably a, you know, a bigger possibility than the one that I just threw out, but I've been thinking about it. So I wanted to toss it there today is are the Anaheim ducks potentially interested. And if you're the Winnipeg jets who have had their defense look so different, whether it's moving on from Truva, what happened with Bufflin with Ben Sherratt, and they have some good guys coming in Dylan Sandberg out of Minnesota Duluth. And we got a glimpse of, and he's just 19, Billy Hainola last year. I think has a chance, he, to me, he's kind of like Miro Haskin in light, if I had to assess him. But they could potentially use a hotshot right-handed defenseman to go forward with. And Jamie Drysdale would, for me fit that very well and if the Jets want to add to their defense and they'd have great interest in either Drysdale or Sanderson is there is and if you're Anaheim with an aging Ryan Getzlaff and an emerging youngster by the name of Trevor Zegris and Sam Steele well think about a left-handed very gifted centerman having somebody like Line A on the right side as a pure scorer to feed to. And so yeah. I stopped our draft to say, hmm, is, could there be a marriage there between the Ducks and the Jets? Oh. Now, it would take more than just that pick, obviously, for Kevin Sheveldayoff, but let's just say for fun – uh, Anaheim was willing to part with Josh Manson or Ricard Raquel. Okay. To make a deal. Interesting. Yeah, I can hardly wait for Tuesday. We'll be all over it. Lou, we're going to let you go. We ran a little overtime again, but it is Friday. We appreciate it. Have an awesome uh, weekend, and who knows what we're going to be talking about 
Well, I know exactly what we're going to be talking about on Monday. We just don't know the exact scenario, right? So, <laughs> Have a great weekend, everybody. Flames insider Peter Lubardius brought to you by the Gemini Group. Imagine your life, your style, your home renovation should be a reflection of you. Give your home the Gemini difference. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. Yeah, we're busy. Uh, draft heavy coming up right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan boomers mock draft goes at six tonight. We have a draft primer coming up after that, and we'll be running those uh, shows uh, off and on on the weekend. And then uh, Tuesday, we get right out at five o'clock. Uh, Steinberg, Will Nault, special guests will be uh, going to the draft, getting all the picks. You won't miss a single thing. And yes, we'll be waiting for uh, pick number 19 with the Calgary Flames. Uh, special emphasis on that. And the next day, we just pick it up with round number two at uh, 9.30. So it's going to be a busy week for us right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. And then a week today, it'll be free agent day. So we will be busy, hockey-heavy, just the way we like it. It is Hockey Central. Let's get uh, Francis in next. Eric Francis Fridays coming up on Sportsnet 960. Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Time for Eric Francis Fridays, brought to you by Hyatt Infinity, Calgary's original infinity destination. Own one, and you'll understand. Hyatt Infinity on Luxury Lane, empower the drive. Eric joins us now in the big, big, big story. There is only one Eric today, and that's the New Jerseys for the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Tell me your thoughts. They look absolutely horrible to me. I think they should take it back to the designer and, and, and do it again. Your thoughts. I thought they were okay. I'm not one to get a little in a tizzy about jerseys. Like I'm stunned. I'm stunned that this, all this talk about the Flames jerseys is a, is actually a story. Like I don't know. They've been wearing the jerseys a lot lately. It's not a big deal. Anyway, jerseys don't concern me very much at all. You know, the greatest jersey of all time is still the Hartford Whaler jersey. And until someone brings that back full time, not really that interested in talking about jerseys. Whoa. Boy, <laughs> line in the sand from Francis on Eric Francis Friday. So here we go. Lots to talk about, my friend, as the uh, the draft is coming up. Looking forward to it and all the wrangling and stuff that goes uh, uh, around with it. And I think we're going to have a pretty fun week around these parts. Looking forward to it anyway. Um, I guess y- your thoughts, you've been you know chatting and listening into uh, Bradshaw Living. Th- this is going to be a heavy few days for him. This is very, very important where do you think he's at in terms of priorities and, and trying to do stuff? And, and, and do you think he's going to be able to do something pretty major on the trade front or the draft front or the signing front? That's a great question. You know, he basically left the door open today. What I heard from Brad Trilliving, you know, just moments ago was him talking about, you know, not all the heavy lifting has to be done next week. I mean, we as hockey fans, are all very excited about the draft and more importantly, probably we get excited about free agency. And and we certainly think that the Calgary Flames will address significant issues on both fronts. But he said, listen, with so much uh, trepidation out there and so much uncertainty, you know, GMs around the league are just don't know what the values of players are right now. What everyone's scared to stick their toe into the water first and kind of set the bar for what you'd pay uh, a UFA goalie like Robin Leonard or, 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 you know, or TJ Brody, if you were to, you know, pay him before he hits free agency or Cam Talbot, you know, so he says once the smoke clears on this week, he thinks that, you know, 
a lot more of the heavy lifting is going to be done after that. So those every you know people are waiting for big trades, everything on the draft floor. Well, there is no draft floor, and I don't I don't think there's going to be major major moves like we've seen in the past. I think they're going to happen incrementally over the next couple months, and Lord knows we may have many many months between now and a regular season. So time's on their side. Guys can step back after this week and say, still, what can I do to affect significant change to my team? The only thing I would say is I would be stunned if this general manager doesn't make a splash in some way in this offseason. And I don't know if that's going out and signing, you know, one of the biggest names. I, Alex Petrangelo is a little out of their budget, but, you know, or Markstrom, um, or just making a big trade. And I, I don't know if the scenario is right for a Johnny Gaudreau trade quite yet because of all the uncertainty. Um, but I, I do think he'll make a splash in some way. I just don't know how he's going to do it. I don't think he knows how he's going to do it. It's Eric Francis Friday's Kelly Kirsch here with you. We also have Peter Klein. Peter. Uh, this draft, like you said, is unlike any other. And now that we're, we're getting closer to the, the draft and free agency and, and these GMs are really staring at a budget that isn't moving from a, a salary cap perspective, how much of an effect do you think that flat cap is going to have on the, the next few days? Oh, I think I think it's got so many people's hands tied. I mean, uh, but what where it does, you know, it can benefit a team like the Flames. They've got almost $18 million in cap space. And, yeah, of course, they have to pay Andrew Mangiapane. So say that's $3 million a year. You're going to have to pay a goalie. That's, you know, three and a half to $4 million a year. You still got quite a lot of money left over to get that significant right defenseman that you're dying for, which is your number one priority in the offseason. So um, I think the Flames have, you know, have an advantage with so many people's hands tied uh, by the flat cap moving forward. I really believe that. And I think that uh, Brad Trilling will take advantage of that. Like I said, you know, I alluded to it before. I think he'll make a big splash in some way, and he'll do it because he has more wiggle room than almost any GM in the National Hockey League. And I thought he made a good point today. You know, we can all look at cap friendly and say, oh, this is how much each team has to spend to get to the cap. But what we don't know is what the budgets are of all the different teams. Because don't be surprised if around the league, owners go to the teams and say, look, I'm not, you're not spending to the cap. You're not spending to $81 million this year because we're taking such a beating on the value of our franchise, uh, You know how much we lost last year, how much we're going to lose for the next several years without fans or limited number of fans in the stands. So there's so many unknowns, and uh, you know I think that's just going to make it for a very slow offseason. Uh, but I still don't think that opens up chances for some significant changes for some teams. Uh, do you anticipate that being a, an issue here, or would the Flames still have the ability to be a, a cap team? Do you think? Oh no, they'll be a cap team. There's no they're, they're, that would that would that would absolutely stun me. I mean, this ownership group deserves a ton of credit for you know spending the cap for I don't know how many years it's been now. Um, and yeah, they're you know especially in this province where we're facing you know incrementally more uh, challenges financially uh, moving forward. Um, I still think they're committed to spending to the cap, and I've heard no indication otherwise. Eric, people always want to talk about goaltenders, and we talk about it on this segment all the time because it's so important. Um, I've been on record saying I, I would go and sign, uh, re-sign Cam Talbot and just have the same duo as he had last year. I, I think you're maybe a little bit more of uh, a guy that wants the, the Flames to swing for the Stars a little bit. Where where are you at here on, on the eve of the draft and free agency where the Flames should be with their goaltending situation getting into next year? No, I, I'd be, I know it's not exciting for people, but I'd be 
100% on board for re-signing Cam Talbot and going with the same tandem. I mean, I think they were 13th last year in save percentage as a tandem. Uh, I think the team was like 15th or 16th in goals against average, you know, right in the middle. And then when it mattered most, you know, when, with what this team is going to be measured for for the next handful of years is, 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 is playoffs. And, and Cam Talbot rose to the occasion. He was uh, their best player. So I have no problem whatsoever. The guy's as fit as a fiddle. Um, he, he's comfortable here. There's no unknown or feeling out process. You know, if, if next year's season is only 32 games or 48 games or whatever it may be, it puts even more of an emphasis on making sure that there's no assimilation process. There's, there's no goal. He was just trying to get used to, like James Neal took forever to try and get assimilated to the new city and the, the, the new environment and new teammates. Cam Talbot fits in seamlessly. Sign him. Get him back. But again, I'm not saying sign him at all costs. There are 12 goalies by my count uh, that are free agents right now, and pretty much, you know, they're all separated by two, two to three million dollars a year. Uh, if Cam Talbot wants a little bit too much money, then you go to Plan C, D, or E. Uh, it doesn't really bother me. But aren't goaltenders just to play devil's advocate a little bit when you talk about getting assimilated and getting used to the system? Isn't that the one position where you just—it's kind of an individual thing on a team sport? You just gotta—you just gotta stop the puck, Eric. Oh, for sure. And, but, you know, the question is always like, you know, if you brought in Mark Andre Fleury and the guy's been all world for, you know, he's a Hall of Famer. Um, but if he comes to what I think is fair to say is an inferior team with the Calgary Flames, you know, does that really show that Mark Andre Fleury's not that good? Well, we know what the, you know, Cam Talbot's a known quantity. We know how he can form, perform with this team in front of him. So, uh, you know, I, I, if, if, if you said, Eric, you could pick one goalie, uh, wave a magic wand and sign him, uh, one, one of the UFAs, I'd say Markstrom by a long shot. Markstrom's one. Uh, Leonard would be, you know, a little bit down the list. And then after that, the list, you know, drops down considerably. Uh, but I think Cam Talbot's certainly near that three spot, if you ask me. So, uh, you know, and Leonard looks like he's going to sign in Vegas too. So, um, you know. To me, Markstrom or Talbot, those would be your one and one B choices. Eric Francis Friday's right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan for Hyatt Infinity. Now, you write for Sportsnet.ca. You get your stories published, but, I mean, things could be changing, uh, you know, hour by hour. What is the philosophy for you for the next few days when it comes to uh, churning out some some stuff for, for, the, uh, for the website? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, you just keep updating. <laughs> You know, to this point, we're just regurgitating the same stuff we did when the season ended, which is here's where their holes are, here's how they can maybe address them, uh, and here's some possible trade options and all that sort of stuff. But I think starting, you know, hopefully this weekend, but, you know, as late as Tuesday, we're going to, you know, we're going to have some live bullets, and then we're going to start writing about some really tangible things, like are the Calgary Flames going to go out? And, you know, you had Craig Conroy on the other day with Pat, and he talked about, you know, this is a chance for them at 19th overall to really draft something that they really, really need. And he alluded to right-handed players and defensemen. Well, you know, there's a right-handed defenseman that slots in right around 19 that everybody's kind of already, you know, pegged for the Calgary Flames. Will they actually draft him? I don't know. I mean, once we get some real moves, uh, then we're going to have lots to write about. And, and that includes, you know, Tuesday's the, the first round, Wednesday's second round, we'll have lots of stories from there. 
Thursday is, you know, the RFAs and whether they qualify them or not. And, you know, the Mark Jankowski situation, you know, I would expect would end right then and there. Uh, and then Friday's free agency. So every day you've got a whole new batch of storylines. Yeah, we'll look forward to it. We'll hear you on Monday with Ryan and then again again on Friday. We'll we'll see where we're at after that. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk uh, next week. All right. Thanks, boys. Cheers. There we go. Eric Francis Fridays brought to you by Hyatt Infinity, Calgary's original infinity destination. Own one, and you'll understand Hyatt Infinity on Luxury Lane. Empower the drive. Kelly Kirsch, Peter Klein, Logan Gordon. Uh, goalies, boys, where are the Flames going to go with this? Or is it too simple to say they're just re-sign Cam Talbot, or do you think they will try and and uh, swing for the fences a little bit and and get a a Markstrom PK where do you come out? Uh, I think they're going to give it a go with Markstrom, but I, I think that he ends up sticking with Vancouver. I, I think what ends up happening is the the same tandem we saw last year goes into the start of next season with, with Talbot and Riddick. I, I think that's how it ends up. I, I don't think that'll be for lack of trying and other options, but uh, Logan, that that's how I think this whole thing is going to play out. Yeah, you never really know with a crowded goalie market and with uh, plenty of time to, you know, re-sign Cam Talbot here. There's still plenty of options for this team going forward, but uh, I, I feel like Markstrom might be the way to go for this team to solidify that number one goaltending spot going forward instead of doing the tandem thing they've done for the last couple of years. But, uh, I mean, really, who knows? There's so many options out there. I think there's a lot of ways this could go still. Oh, it's going to be fun, and we'll... Uh... We'll be on it no matter what, on the air, online. We'll get you uh, caught up no matter what the Flames do or do not do. The NHL draft is coming up uh, next week, uh, the 6th and 7th, Tuesday and Wednesday. Listen before, during, and after. All that in-depth analysis that we talk about, we'll have all kinds of guests on from the Flames, from you know people who cover those prospects. We've got our, uh, got our mock draft coming up at 6 o'clock tonight. Looking forward to that. First round will go on Tuesday, 5 o'clock. Steinberg will be there, of course, and we'll have it for you for SML Entertainment. Make this time at home with your family more exciting with pool tables, pinball, ping pong, beachcomber and caldera hot tubs, and a whole bunch more. Check them out online, smlentertainment.com for all the details. Also, Eastside Dodge, Calgary's number one Dodge Chrysler and Jeep dealer, 14 years in a row. Go to eastsidedodge.com or just give them a call. Two seven three four three one three, and you say, "Tal Milani sent you." Simple as that. Okay, we'll take a break and uh, put a wrap on Hockey Central and see what the boys got cooking for a Friday big show right here on Sportsnet nine sixty. Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet nine sixty. The Fan. Friday, the weekend upon us right here on Sportsnet nine sixty. The Fan. Hockey Central continues. Logan Gordon, Peter Klein. I'm Kelly Kirsch, and. Uh, Interesting, getting dribs and drabs, I guess, of information and little trades here and there. A minor one with Florida and Ottawa. But, uh, Peter, do we do we have a busy weekend here, or can you guys just totally concentrate on your fantasy football? Where do, where do you think uh, things, are people going to wait for the draft, or are we going to hear some crazy stuff this weekend? I think it's going to be a little bit more of what we saw today, where it's, hey, this guy gets moved for a fourth-round pick, and those types of things. So I think... For the most part, there'll be a, a couple trips to, to Hockey DB this weekend while I'm looking at uh, fantasy football decisions. But overall, I think this one will be a, a weekend dominated by the NFL, and then things will, will pick up again when we're back on the air on Monday. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be pretty neat on that. You know, the draft is going to be different. We won't have the the crazy pomp and ceremony and all the stuff that goes along with it. But 
you, you might have more deals, right? You know, it would be less kind of media attention in some ways at the draft itself because it'll be kind of behind closed doors. And and this this whole salary cap thing, and, and there's some teams that are in a serious jam, and there's some teams that have uh, had the old boardroom conversation saying, like, man, we cannot be spending what we spent last year. TK, this is going to be uh, uh, very interesting to see what teams are going to try and load up, what teams are going to try and just, like, get some of the salary off, or some teams are just going to try and hang in there. Um you wonder who's got the the big deep pockets that's going to be okay with this. Yeah, I wonder if we see a few more moves like we saw with Detroit where they took on Mark Stahl's contract. It's like, yeah, we will absolutely take that on. For the low, low price of a second round pick, we will take your garbage off of your hands. I wonder if they do that um, because that that is a team that genu- or generally can spend to the cap if the competition leads to it when you look at some of the other teams around I, I don't see buffalo being too stoked to spend a whole lot of money on a bad team ottawa is a budget team at the best of times and as we've discussed this isn't necessarily the best of times but i think the red wings are in a unique spot to to really take advantage of that and then i wonder if like colorado and the rangers new york has done a lot of work to free up some cap space I think they're going to try to be real big players there and try to make this like it's 2002 again where the Rangers are are spending mega, mega bucks in a market where, look, they're the Rangers. They'll be fine financially. And they if they have the cap space to do this, I, I think this is a, another opportunity for them to take advantage of things. So, Logan, I, I think that the Rangers in Colorado um, have positioned themselves to be real big players when it comes to the, the free agency market where other teams are going to be a little more cash strapped. Yeah, I think you'll have to see GMs get really creative with how they move money around. And there just unfortunately aren't a lot of teams like Detroit that are going to be willing to you know, take bad money off of your hands. We're still a year away from, you know, Seattle potentially doing, you know, similar to what Vegas did and, you know, maybe being willing to help you out. But that that price is always uh, a steep one. No one's ever going to, you know, want to pay five million of your problems for for nothing. So those teams that you mentioned there, PK, especially in the Rangers and Colorado that might find themselves in a competitive window. We know the Rangers went out and got a guy like Artemi Panarin, so they're not afraid to, you know, sign guys and make their team better. Those kind of teams might have an advantage over somebody because they're willing to spend the money now, whereas a few teams might have to wait a bit before they have that kind of cash. And guys, I was thinking about um, prospects and development and all that kind of stuff, and Labardius sort of hinted to it a little bit. I mean, it's been a while since these teams have had their their farm teams play, and a lot of the junior teams haven't played. This is going to be very interesting to see how how this affects the development of these prime prospects, not just the ones you're you're drafting coming up next week, but the ones you have drafted. Peter, the, the, these assets are absolutely so important in how you develop them. And it's like I haven't heard a, a lot about, you know, the AHL and how they're going to play, if they're going to play, where they're going to play, all that kind of stuff. It's been a while for these guys to be in a professional hockey situation. And, and it remains to be seen, like, how it affects or does it affect their development. Well, and, and I wonder how that affects roster decisions going into the season, too. Because, like, we saw with Major League Baseball, different situation from what the NHL was in recently. But 
maybe not so different from where they're going to be when they, they try to restart, whenever things are going to come back. We saw with a prime example with the Blue Jays. There isn't a snowball's chance in you-know-where that Alejandro Kirk is on a big league roster if this is a regular season. But because you kind of need him to get some playing time in and it was a bit of a sprint to the finish, you kind of speed up the development and just like, okay, well, there are a few warts in his game, but he can do this thing really well, so we bring him in. And the same thing with a couple of the pitchers that the Blue Jays did. I wonder if there's that this year with some prospects where it's okay, this guy isn't completely 100% developed yet, but doing this is better than whatever alternative there yeah. might be. So here's On back-to-back back games, time. maybe we can put him in as our sixth defenseman, for instance. Exactly. Or, yeah. So, yeah, like just maybe you see, okay, well, well, we can carve out seven minutes a night for him here and, and just kind of work it out that way. Because, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering what the AHL is going to look like and, and how different this whole thing goes along. And, yeah, Logan, I, I think you mentioned teams going to have to get creative with the, the salary cap. I think teams are going to have to get very creative with their rosters as uh, development is so important in a, a salary cap world in Major League Base or in, uh, in the National Hockey League. Yeah, look, I think these, you know, we started seeing the loaned players over to Europe already for some young guys. And, you know, I think that this is going to have to be one of the more unusual, you know, scenarios when it comes to getting guys playing time and getting, you know, acclimated to different scenarios, how you handle, you know, your roster. Are you keeping extra guys around for, you know, just in case are we, you know, what's the the transition look like even between AHL and NHL, you know, as of right now, even just think about it, the theory we've heard, heard the most this year is perhaps an all Canadian division. Well, how does that affect the Calgary flames? Whose AHL affiliate happens to be in California. And what if there's border issues? How does that happen? You know, if the flames need uh, a call up or something like that, it's going to be incredibly interesting to see how teams handle this. And I think that, the league will probably have to bear the brunt of some responsibility as to whether or not that's expanding rosters to to some degree, but guys that don't necessarily count against your cap or something like that. It, it's going to be incredibly interesting. And I mean, we're still kind of back in that unknown scenario where we know when free agency is, we know when the draft is, and then past that we're, we're back to wait and see. Yeah. We'll see what goes on. There'll be uh, lots like just tune in every day because things will be changing on us like crazy and we'll be all over it. Yeah. Uh, big show coming up, guys. I know you're going to talk baseball. we got a game on right now and another one tonight, another one tomorrow uh, to find out who's going to uh, move on and get into the bubbles. But uh, also NFL, there's all kinds of news about that, guys that are playing, guys who aren't. So that's got some fantasy implications. What do you guys got planned? And all, obviously the, the Flames GM had his, has his presser. So looks like you guys got a, a pretty busy show. Yeah, the, the big show is very fitting uh, title for today because we have a lot going on. As you mentioned, Brad for Living, we'll hear from him and his chat with the media in the 2 o'clock hour. We heard from uh, half of the mock draft already with Peter Labardius. We'll get the other half covered with Sam Cosentino. Uh, of course, our Friday regulars, Fantasy Football, Andy McNamara, uh, as well as Steve Rapp from Inside the Lines. Um, we have Jason Lockenfora and coming up in a matter of moments, Shai Davidi to talk about the Blue Jays offseason. So this is a very busy Friday on the big show so of course something will break and we'll have to to throw all of that out the window but uh, right now some big big plans for the big show today all right we're going to cover it all next Peter Klein kicks it off big show on Sportsnet 960